Oh my. Look at her gap. She got space for days. <laughs> Blank Beats Production. I'm Dina Roberts, stage and studio. We're listening to a song called Black Joy with music by Blank Beats. It's part of a large project called Spreading the Black Joy Virus, created by S. Renee Mitchell. She's an award-winning journalist, performer, multimedia artist, and the winner of the 2019 Spirit of Portland Award. Yay! And she has also another project that will be part of this year's 2021's Virtual Fertile Ground Festival. It's the second annual Resiliency in Rhythm at 7 p.m. on Saturday, January 30th. And we're going to talk about both of these projects. But first, I would like to welcome Renee Mitchell to Stage and Studio. Hey, Renee. Hi, Demay. Thank you for having me. It's always been a pleasure to spend some time with you. It's been a whole year since we talked. And last year, it was in person in my office studio right here where I am. Gosh, how much has life changed since then? Oh, my goodness, in ways I wouldn't have even imagined. I don't think anybody imagined this. Right. It really has been a whirlwind and yet a a time for sort of like letting things go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I like that idea of letting things go and and actually opening up so other things can arrive. I find, I have found that, I am more creative now than I have ever been as far as thinking up ideas, as far as creating space for something new to come in. So there was that opportunity as well. Always trying to think about the the positive of things. Well, I think it's it it's it's wonderful that, you know, your projects have been very positive too. I I would like to start talking about it. Your projects are always about celebrating resilience in youth, but also just being able to do more, have a positive response to the reality that especially that we're living in now with COVID-19, with, you know, the racial reckoning that has taken place. I think that there is room right now for this kind of positivity. And this newer project, Spreading the Black Joy Virus, seems a positive response to the negative reality of COVID-19 in the Black community. Would, would you tell us about the inspiration about this latest project? Well, the inspiration came out of me feeling badly about being in this situation with COVID and the racial unrest and that kind of thing. And initially, I was just kind of taken over emotionally by it. I was so sad and I was, you know, going to bed feeling exhausted and and waking up feeling exhausted. And I, I just had to come to a point of what is it that I want instead of thinking about all the things that I don't want? What do I want? And joy came to mind. The thing I want most is to feel happiness and joy. And so I felt like if I wanted that, then other people would want that. And so I just started thinking, um, and my creative mind came up with, I want to spread Black joy because looking at our community, I felt like, you know, if I was getting caught up, you know, in what was happening, then other people were too. And I felt like also in addition to just generally people in general feeling uh, uh, what they felt about the pandemic, that the Black community was feeling 
having extra stress, extra anxiety. We were the most hardest, you know, disproportionately hit by by the COVID virus. And and so I just felt like I wanted to do something to remind Black folks that we have always made a way out of no way and that we have always encountered things that have tried to bring us down, whether it was physically or emotionally or psychologically. And we've always found a way to tap into joy. And so when I thought about what I could do, I wanted to reach back and gather our ancestral resilience, our ancestral joy, our ancestral creativity, and bring it forth with several different creative projects. I've been creative all my life. And so I just felt like this was the thing I was, I felt like I was meant to do, is to create opportunities to remind people of the importance of embracing joy. Well, spreading the Black Joy virus is a huge multimedia project. And I was on the website, and it's spreadingblackjoy.com. And there are so many, like, films and photography writings, even a lesson, a dance lesson. (laughs) Yeah, a contest. We're trying to get people to create these uh, TikTok videos uh, using the music that we created. And it's intergenerational, which is really, really important to me because I'm I'm an educator, so I worked with youth, and I wanted young people to be able to tap in to joy as well as, you know, people my age. So it's trying to reach everyone. It really does. And when you started envisioning this, how did you get it to be such a huge scope? Usually when you start a project, you know, you, you might do a few of these things, but you've got dozens of different projects on on your website. Yes, it's true. <laughs> well, it started actually because I was a I was a consultant for a project. They hired me to try to bring black people to these meetings to talk about the possibilities of improving the albina neighborhood. And I had been to these kind of meetings before and there was a lot of hurt about how policies and and the gentrification and the pushing out and the displacement there was still all of that hurt. And so I was asked to come and replicate that process. And I felt like I I couldn't do that authentically, ask people to come to another meeting without giving them something, investing in something for them before I asked them for anything. So that was the, the impetus for the very first project, which is Remember Me, Remember Us, Remember Albina. And I wanted to capture the way that even though we still, you know, some of us don't live in the Albina neighborhood, our heart still beats strong for Albina because of the historical connection to that neighborhood. And so it started with that. And then I was thinking about what, you know, that started the ball rolling. And then I started about thinking about other projects that I had done in the community over the years. And also the things that I had done since I started I Am More, which is the youth development program. And so I felt like, okay, so these were great projects. I could just bring them back, but also expand upon them. And that led to other ideas. And one of the things that I'm that I'm very conscious of and trying to be very inclusive of bringing in other creatives into what I'm doing. So it's not all just me, but finding ways to have other creative minds think of, you know, contribute with their own expertise, with their own ability to 
create art or to create music or to create films or to do photography. There's so much richness in creativity out there. So I wanted to bring it all to bear on this whole project of spreading joy. And so that so that's what I did. I reached out to people I knew that, you know, as an artist that I worked before that I knew about. And so that is how Elijah got involved in doing the film about the Black Nod. And 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 it's been a, a an evolution. Cause even with the the Black Nod, it came out of me feeling so isolated from other people. And I was standing on MLK in front of the hardware store. Of course, wearing my mask, but feeling very, you know, you know, again, sad and like lonely. And and there was a gentleman that was coming toward me. He was walking, you know, facing me. He was coming toward me. And I didn't know this guy. He was an older black gentleman. And we both had our masks on, of course. And as he came closer to me, I gave him the nod. It was an instinctual. It was just, I see you and I want to acknowledge you in some way. And he naturally gave it back to me. And it just lasted maybe a second or two. But I I felt so happy. I felt like he had seen me. I felt like we, even though we didn't know each other, we had this like virtual hug. That's what it felt like. Just like he gave me a hug and I needed that. I so needed that. And so I felt like when I was thinking about it, I need to continue this feeling. And so I talked to Elijah about it and we decided let's just do a film about it because we don't really talk about it. You know, we don't really say, oh, that's what that is. Oh, give me a nod. You know, we don't put words to it. We just kind of do it. It's just this thing. Right. And so we learned a lot through the process of where it comes from and how and how it has different meanings behind it. And people do it different ways. And and it just became larger than we realized it would be. And that's what this whole project has been about. We've just given people opportunity to think about what kind of impact that they could have, what they care about. And it's become bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's how a virus is spread, right? Person to person, somebody gets this symptom, you know, and then they give it to somebody else who, who, who the symptom, you know, reacts with their body in different ways. And that's creativity. I want to play a clip of reviving the black nod. And, uh, and what's the filmmaker's full name? Elijah. Elijah Hassan. He's award-winning filmmaker. He's so good at what he does. Well, here is a clip from reviving the black nod. For me, if I nod at you with the heads up, that means I look up to you. I respect you as a man, as a person. If I nod at you with the head down, keep it pushing. And it don't have to be a long nod. That won't work. It's a perfectly timed. We don't need to know each other. We just need to affirm that we see you. And that's it. And it has to go no further than that. We don't have to say hi, bye, or none. It's just what's happening. Like, it's not one of those things that you got to, like, you know, I got to know your walk of life. You know, I may not want to meet you today. I may not want to shake your hand, but I do want to recognize you and say, I see you. Every time we see each other, um, we like to recognize one another. And the nod is one way to say that I see you. You, you exist. What is a nod? A nod to me is a self-expression and expression of compassion and to me, compassion is medicine. Now, you don't walk around all day looking for somebody to give a nod to, but when you encounter people, and particularly now that we don't shake hands. When I walk, I always nod, I speak to people, 
and it makes me feel good, and I'm sure it makes them feel good. When you see a fellow brother out there that's going through what you're going through and you understand his struggle, you may not know him, but you're going to give him the nod. And, I, and in some ways, I'm kind of like an introspective person, a little reserved, so I feel like the down nod is more my style. So the, the black nod, is that just a Portland thing? Because I've heard about it for years. We have somebody in the film who is from Africa who was saying that they do it there. And there was, uh, Kevin Bacon was talking about when he was growing up, that his parents told them that it was uh, it was done during slavery uh, because when you, we were not allowed to acknowledge each other, you know, we weren't, uh, uh, we had to have some kind of signal that said, I see you, especially in, in places where there weren't, there were mostly white people. We wanted to, you know, you you could see somebody across the room and just give them that nod. And it's an acknowledgement of, I see you and I honor your dignity because their dignity was taken away from us. So this was an, an attempt to reclaim that for each other. I've talked to people in Jamaica, in, in Haiti, in Africa, and, and it's, it's similar. And it also happens in other cultures, particularly around people of color. So, you know, all of this kind of came out. I, I had no idea, but I got educated about it. You know, well, through doing the yeah, film. Well, the film, Reviving the Black Knot, actually got a really wonderful response. Wasn't it like a half a million views? Yeah. On Facebook? We, had, we, we did it as like this premiere because we wanted people to pay attention to it. And according to Facebook's numbers, that's what it was giving me. And it was, it just felt so good because also everyone who was in the film were telling their friends and their family from around the country. So there were all these people who were tuning in who weren't even from Portland and who were giving us feedback and said that felt so good. And it may have landed differently if it weren't the pandemic, but people needed a way to feel connected to something. The Reviving the Black Nod, uh, you can view that on spreadingblackjoy.com and I have that link at stageandstudio.org. I was also interested in this project because you also offered a paid job opportunity for young people as part of this, didn't you? We are paying young people to uh, do some some of our social mar marketing, um, to help us organize and facilitate. So part of what we're doing is creating space for them to build leadership skills and create and, and creative skills. And so we have this project that's part of the spreading black joy virus, a, uh, a thing called talk back, talk black. And so it's an opportunity for young people to be around other young people, of course, through zoom following COVID precautions, but giving them a safe space so they could talk about the issues that they're dealing with. A, a lot of this conversation, around COVID is adults talking to adults. And my concern is a lot of this, we know as adults, it's affecting our mental health. Now with young people, they're going through their psychological development where their peer interaction is critical to who they are becoming. And we've, COVID has taken that away where they don't have that interaction. The schools are, those buildings are closed. And, and so I was getting concerned, you know, as a mother, you know, my children are grown, they're in their twenties, but understanding their development, I was getting concerned about the mental health of our children. And so I wanted to create space for them to talk about it without having to go through adults.
So we trained young people to facilitate these conversations and, and, and teach them how to hold safe space for others. And we're going to continue those conversations and pull in young uh, kids from rural communities who have additional kinds of complications of being the only one. I mean, I experienced that when I was in high school. I was the only Black kid in my entire school. We also want to create space for biracial kids because they have their own sets of challenges and, and also African immigrants. And so we want to continue to keep this going so they feel like somebody cares about what they're dealing with. And so it's been, you know, I've just been learning a lot from them because there's a lot of wisdom that they have of, of, of how what they need from us as adults for them. I love your commitment with youth, and it's a really challenging time for them right now. I'm DMA Roberts talking with S. Renee Mitchell, the co-founder of I Am More and its project Resiliency in Rhythm, which we're going to find out more about. We've been talking about spreading the Black Joy virus, and you can see that wonderful film, uh, Reviving the Black Knot at SpreadingBlackJoy.com, and I have all that info at stageandstudio.org. Renee Mitchell, you are one of the featured artists this year in this first ever curated Fertile Ground Festival. The festival's been running 12 years now, but this time it's uh, virtual and it's it's been curated with uh, an equity-infused process. So that is running January 28th through February 7th. Fertile Ground Project of New Works all premieres online on Fertile Ground's Facebook and YouTube channels and you can see the full schedule and info at fertilegroundpdx.org and I have that at stageandstudio.org. This year, Renee, you're bringing back the second annual Resiliency in Rhythm online at 7 p.m. on uh, Saturday, January 30th. And uh, I guess it's going to be viewed on Zoom. I mean, you want to tell us about that? Yes, we recorded everything in, in advance. And that, that was a lot of fun. And we have, again, a variety of uh, youth who are kind of doing their thing. So we have a young rapper, uh, Bon Wavy, and we have, uh, we brought back a poet who people loved last year. Uh, she's so so talented and she's 15 and but she has this presence and also this way of processing the world so these are all her original words and she does an amazing job and then we we also were able to feature three of the young people who are leading the Black Lives Matter protests one is a 16 year old another is an 18 year old and one is in college and they talked about how this what they've learned and how they've had to uh, deal with who they are, you know, and, and, and seeing themselves in positions of leadership and, and how people have reacted to them and how it's in, it interacted with their relationships. So we were able to give them a platform to be able to tell their stories. And so we've, we're just really excited about, you know, being able to give youth a voice because they've always had one, but we haven't always heard it. And so that's what I Am More is all about, is, is creating opportunity for they get to be their authentic selves. And the adults, through their hearing of it, reinforce you matter, your voice is important, you have wisdom to share, you know, and those kinds of messages are what all of us need to hear, and particularly our youth. And, and what are their names, Renee, and, and what will they be presenting on, on uh, January 30th? 
Are, will they be performing or what would they be doing? The three youth, for example, we had them, you know, talk on a microphone individually, but we also had them sit down together and just kind of vibe off what they were learning and experiencing. So we have that. We have Layla Vickers, who is our poet, who is 15. She performed a poem that she had written, um, like, in, like I mentioned, the rapper Bon Wavy. He performed a rap that he had, he was trying to get young people his age to really turn away from the, the, you know, effects of, of drugs and gangs and, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it was just on his heart. And so he shared his rap about that. We also recorded these young people who uh, did this rap around uh, zooming out from the online schooling and how that was affecting them, you know, and then Jafetti uh, was in our um, resiliency and rhythm last year, we had a fashion storytelling. And so we had Jeanette interview some of them after their performances. And so that was new. We didn't have interviews before. So all of the performers, she actually sat down and kind of interviewed them. And it was, it was just, you know, just a wonderful opportunity to have them shine because Jeanette uh, Munga actually helped co-produce it. I mean, she was the one who gathered, figured out who she wanted to feature. Uh, She pulled them together at the uh, Empowerment Central studio and said, you come at this time, you come at this time, and, you know, you'll have these many minutes. And, you know, these are building her skills, not just as an interviewer, but as a production manager, you know? And so I, I was able to just kind of sit back and just absorb and watch and and it was it was a beautiful thing so we're going to continue more of that even outside of the resiliency and rhythm you'll be seeing more from us and you can see that 7 p.m on saturday january 30th and you can go to fertilegroundpdx.org to to get all the details or stageandstudio.org Renee, in in the time remaining, I just want to find out, I mean, you've been working with youth for quite a long time, you know, as long as I've known you. But this time seems a lot more challenging because of the pandemic, you know, with school and college shutdowns. What do you think, from your perspective of working with young people currently, what do you think their biggest challenges are for them? A lot of it is, is mental health. It's already a hard time. And a lot of this work comes out of my own passion about my own experience, not having the support, not having anyone to talk to, you know, and and we didn't have a pandemic then. So I, I was, you know, when I was a teenager, it was the first time I thought about suicide. It was, I was just feeling badly about myself. And so when I think about my own experience and then looking at what our young people are going through, it, it just, it just it, it was something that just had to be done like someone had to uh, give them space to tell their stories and so this is where all of that passion for dealing with youth comes from and also why I became an educator I I wanted to do more than just teach kids a particular subject. I wanted to bring them food. You know, we talk about Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs and like food and safety is a basic. And at the high school that I was teaching at, there were kids who were hungry. They were kids who hadn't gotten sleep. And so seeing those needs and and feeling like, okay, so then 
I have a responsibility to respond. <laughs> and so that's that's just what I Am More is all about. When I, 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 not only from my own experience and understanding how hard that could be, especially as a kid of color, and then seeing it replicated, the same kinds of issues that they were dealing with were the same as when I was a young person. So I am looking for ways to kind of interrupt the oppression, interrupt the mental health challenges, and say that there is a way out. Because, you know, I could have not been here. You know, if, if, if it, the things that actually worked, you know, so that kind of compassion drives me. It drives me because I don't want any other kid to say life isn't worth living, right? And we have, and, and studies have found during the pandemic that suicides have gone up, you know, drug abuse have gone up. They're all, they're looking for ways to soothe this inner wound that has been exacerbated by the pandemic. And so something needs to be done or we're gonna be dealing with this generations down the road and we can't afford for that to happen. So I'm doing what I can. And by starting the Spreading the Black Joy virus, I'm also opening up people's eyes to the opportunity for them to do what they can. How can they spread joy? How can they do something different to help someone smile you know, or just nod at them if, you, if you're wearing a mask and they can't see your smile. How do you communicate that I see you, I honor you, I appreciate your presence in my life, even though I, I don't know you, you're in my life right now in front of me and I acknowledge you. So I'm hoping that people just, whether they're black or not, just take, some, take that initiative on to say, how can I spread joy? to other people because when we spread joy we feel more joyful you know we rise and this is this is part of the motto that we use in I am more we rise by lifting others and so if I'm giving you something positive I feel positive and this is how we can continue to spread joy person to person doing something to, to you know to just bring some happiness to someone else and I can I also concur with you that uh, for me when I was a teenager I've uh, creativity really did save my life, you know, creative expression. So I encourage everybody to go to spreadingblackjoy.com and and really, you know, look at how you can spread some joy yourself, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And we're always looking for partners on our opening page. We have a whole bunch of uh, folks who are just, one. they're just kind of endorsing what we're doing, but some of them are donating. Some of them are partnering with us in all different kinds of ways. So we're just welcoming people to join the movement toward joy and happiness. I think partnerships, you know, and community interaction and support are the best way to go anytime, but especially now. That's Renee Mitchell. Thank you for all your work, especially with youth and the black community here in Portland. I think you're so needed. I think you do such wonderful, positive work. Um, And it's hard to stay positive. And that is work, right? That is work. Can I just say one more thing? Sure. You had mentioned about the Spirit of Portland Award. And the the reason why that is so special to me is because I was nominated by Nick Fish. He was a personal friend of mine. And he gave me, handed me this award just weeks before he passed. And I feel like I have an obligation. I don't think of it as an obligation, but I feel like I need to honor him 
because he nominated me for this award and his generosity of spirit and community was undisputed. I saw him everywhere. And so I feel like if I'm carrying the name of an award that I deeply associate with him, I have an obligation to do these kinds of things and for my community, with my community, about my community in honor of Nick Fish. Well, thank you for sharing that. I didn't realize that. Um, and congratulations on you. And it, it is an honor that he was thinking of you. Yes. You know, at absolutely. that time. As Renee Mitchell, thank you for joining me on stage and studio today. It's always great to see you. Thank and, you. You know, even via Zoom. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We'll make it work. That's it for Stage and Studio. I'll have the podcast of this show online at stageandstudio.org. You can like us on facebook.com slash stage and studio. Till next time, I'm Dee Mae Roberts. We're going out with uh, more of the music from uh, Spreading Black Joy. The following program is a special encore rebroadcast for these unique pandemic times. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred and are no longer relevant. You are listening to KBOO Portland. Andy My name's Joseph Gallivan and you're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guests this week are Leah Kohlenberg and Melissa Moline. They're the curators at Get Gallery PDX. Thanks for doing Art Focus. Thank you, Joseph. We're glad to be here. This place is a hotel with a very interesting take on the gallery world. it's a six-unit hotel where all the art on the walls is for sale, and it's all local. Um, and you two, you, uh, Leah, you're a painter, a curator, and a teacher. Mm-hmm. And Melissa, you're an architect, so you designed the building with other people. 